Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Hey guys, we're welcome back on another episode of We Got Balls. And today what we want to talk about is a follow-up on our previous episode, which was about the economics of porn. We talked about risque business and how... Uh, all the aspects of pornography are driven, and Scott just loves that term, risque business. You're just giggling. You're just giggling. It was a big movie in but my day. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's Tom Cruise sliding across the floor in his underwear. Mm-hmm. That's what you're all about. So, which ironically, he was, running a porn ring. <laughs> <laughs> he was running a porn yes, ring. He was business. doing what we're talking about. The economics. Look at all those levels of meaning oh, in those words, gosh. right? Um, but there, there's also another cost that I think needs to be factored in, and that's the cost of porn on the consumer. What is what does it cost for someone to become an avid consumer of uh, sexual content? And I think a lot of times when we go through um, our evaluation of this, we think about things like, well, how much have I spent on my porn struggle? You know. Uh, and for some people, that answer is zero dollars because in our culture, in our day, you can get a lot of porn for free just on tube sites. Um, but the reality is there are other types of cost uh, that need to be factored in. Now, maybe for you, there there really is a huge financial cost. I know one guy I respect did the, did the math and he said it was $300,000 over the course of 20 something years that he spent out of pocket spent on prostitution and um, strip clubs and and different kind of in-person acting out. So it may be different for you, but there is a huge cost to this struggle that's important to recognize. And I want to say this up front. The one thing we're not trying to do is to create more shame. We want you to have some clarity. It's really easy to hear things like, it cost me X amount of dollars or I lost X amount of money or time or relationships in this and it and it take you to a deeper level of well i'm just a piece of crap you're not a piece of crap you're struggling with life like we all struggle with life and this is the particular um medication that you've chosen and it has had a cost a negative impact on you so it's good to be aware so that you can choose differently moving forward in your journey so scott when you think about the cost of this uh sexual struggle um, what do you think about personally? Yeah, so I just wanted to, before I answer that, build off of what you said, because I don't want anybody to feel any more shame about this as well. Um, and so the things I'm going to talk about are from the perspective of curiosity. Yes. What has it been costing me? There's there's two ways to ask that question. One is accusatory. What has your porn habit been costing you? Which is the way right. that most people have heard that question asked. Well, or, or that's how your spouse phrases it when she's been wounded. And what what does this cost you? What have you paid? You know? That's what that's what the guy running uh, some recovery groups will ask. That's what uh, your church yeah. will probably. <laughs> and you may even yeah, talk to yourself that way. So here's the tone. I wonder what I have been spending on my porn habit all these years. Mm, very. So curious. it's about being curious and giving you. You know. You know. Here's the basic issue is. What does it take to change? What it takes yes. to really change my life 
to get me motivated to that is when the cost and the pain of staying the same is greater than the cost of changing. Please say that again. One more time. What it takes to change is when the cost or the pain, and I, I relate that cost to pain because when we're talking about cost, we're talking about economics, we're talking about human impact, we're talking, but let's just call it pain. What it takes to change is when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of changing, mm. then I will change. Yes. And we used to call yes. that hitting rock bottom. But hitting rock bottom is really just that process of having some introspection, you know, examining your life. Who said, who said, was it Plato or Aristotle said an unexamined life isn't worth living? I forget which philosopher. I don't know, but it, both of them were wise. So we'll give it yeah, to Plato. Okay, we'll give Plato, it to Plato. Plato but it's, it's, it's this curiosity about, um, you know, examining my behavior in my life with that openness and that curiosity to be able to say, you know, what, it, what is this costing me? And getting to that. So this exercise, a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today are part of that exercise of, really being introspective and examining your life from a curious standpoint to see, am I really at that place where the pain of staying the same is so much greater than the pain of changing? Because let me tell you, there is pain involved in changing a lifetime habit of sexually acting out, whether it's with pornography or other people, it's sure. going to cost you. And anybody who tells you differently yep. is lying to you. <laughs> right. Right. And I think when we when we say that, and I think we take it to that place, and um, I think it's important to recognize that you can't get to the place of one hundred percent commitment all of like right now. I think using that equation, that the, the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of doing something new is an incremental process. Mm -hmm. So when you're identifying the your true the true cost of your, of your porn struggle, your sexual struggle, all it takes is enough pain in the moment to say, I'm going to take a step. And that step may be, I'm going to go to a support group. That step may be, I'm going to talk to a recovery coach. That step may be, I'm going to go to an intensive. That step may be, I'm going to read a book, whatever it is that you want to do. There are no useless steps in our recovery but when you're when, we're, when you're listening to what we're talking about today and, and the true cost and you're evaluating this, use it as an opportunity to say this is working, this sexual struggle, or this is not working. My guess is, Scott, if you're listening to We Got Balls, you're probably thinking that it's not working. I'm just going to assume that. Well, I would just can, guess. can I just be honest for a minute here? There's a part of me sure. that likes it. So when we talk about unwanted sexual yeah. behavior, it's not always unwanted by every part of me. There's a part of me that yes. likes that. And there's a part of me that can't stand it. And I have to be able to be in relationship with others where I can bring all the parts of me, the good and the bad, and I can be welcomed with those parts and they can I can be seen in that and I can I can have the what it takes to change is that uh, security and I don't get that security on my own. I have to be in community to get that. I have to be able to be seen, to be soothed, to feel safe to become secure enough to actually take the risks, to give up something that I've relied on for a long time to find life when I'm feeling dead inside or to soothe my pain. And it's going, that's what I mean by it's going to cost me because if, if everything about using porn or unwanted behavior was bad, you wouldn't do it. 
Right. So there's some, but what you're talking about, Scott, is the power of acceptance. And I think you can, you can argue with what we're saying today, or you can be curious to say, maybe there's something here that I'm not seeing and I'm willing to put, I'm willing to risk vulnerability to experience acceptance on yeah. some level. So I actually, when we talk about starting places, I think that's the starting place is being curious about how has this habit served me for so many years? Mm. You know, how did this come to be in my life? What am I, what am I running from? What am I trying to escape? What am I trying to soothe? Why do I have to feel life in this particular way? Be curious about that first and foremost, and then get in community with people where you can be seen in that and you can explore that curiously with kindness and openness with other people. But part of that exploration process, I think at some point has to be this discussion that we're having about what has your habit been costing you? Because you have to look at that boldly and with vulnerability as well, because it's not all good either. Right. So, Scott, I'm putting on my accounting glasses. <laughs> if you if you're not on uh, YouTube and you're listening, I've got my accounting glasses on and I'm asking you as your accountant, Scott, what is your porn habit cost you? So let me tell you about this interesting exercise I did in recovery in the beginning. It was very eye opening because I'm kind of a, I've been a sales guy for a lot of my career. So I'm motivated by, you know, achieving success, which is monetarily done in sales, right? You, you go out and sell stuff and you make money. And I've had a big family to support and I've had desires that I wanted to, you know, travel and all that stuff. So one of the first exercises I did was I actually just did a calculation of how often I've spent in my unwanted behavior, you know, in terms of hours a week from the time I started masturbating with sexual fantasy as a kid into my adult life. And I did a calculation of kind of lost opportunity cost. So the way you do this is you take your starting point. It could be 12. It could be 18. It could be 25. Who knows? But I, I just took my starting point and I looked at how often did I act out on average on a weekly basis during this particular time in my life? So I broke it into five-year increments because it's kind of easy to measure our life that way. And I looked at during that five-year period, how often per week was I acting out? And then it's a simple equation of uh, five, um, five years times 52 weeks in a year times the number of times I acted out each week. And I added all that up. And so I came up with a number of 11,000 hours. I had spent 11,000 hours from the time I was 12 wow. until the time I got into recovery and started doing this, acting out. That's a lot wow. of time. Yes. Wasn't it Malcolm Gladwell that says we only need to invest 10,000 hours practicing something? Really yeah, important? for mastery, 10,000 hours so is all it takes. I yeah. think I have mastery of masturbation for sure. <laughs> You've you're the master mm -hmm. of your domain. I'm a master is what I was. <laughs> so um, so then I did, and, and I'm gonna give everybody a formula they can use, but I, I took my income at the time and I kind of averaged my income. So I think an easier way to do this is just take an average. So the average in the average salary in the United States today, 2023, is $59,428. Or okay. there's 2,000 hours that we typically work in a year because that's 40 mm -hmm. hours a week 
times 48 weeks because we take two weeks of vacation. So you just take that to figure out your hourly rate at that. Yeah, 50. That's all right. 2,000 times 50. It's uh, 40 times 50 equals yeah, yeah, 2,000. Yeah. Just so, for a simple right, math. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for putting on your accounting glasses. So I did. I, you know, I, I still have my accounting hat on. So sure. at that salary, <laughs> the average hourly rate then basically is 30 bucks an hour. Okay. So 30 bucks an hour is what we're, the average person is earning in their That's work. right. So you can adjust that high or low if you want to. And, and you know, your, your time acting out is going to vary by time of your life as well, too, right. typically. But do an average. So we're dealing with averages here. 11,000 hours times $30 an hour is $330,000. Now, wow. you could say, well, it doesn't cost me anything to masturbate. It doesn't cost me anything to masturbate to sexual fantasy. And it doesn't cost me anything to masturbate to free porn. But it does. It cost me $330,000 of lost opportunity. Because at 30 bucks an hour, I could have taken those 11,000 hours and translated that into more income, more time spent with my wife, more time spent with my children, more time time building friendships, anything that's creative and productive and that brings beauty and goodness to the world. But I didn't. I spent it servicing my emotions by servicing myself. So, Scott, I think that when we talk about that, that's a great place to start because that is a lost opportunity cost. You've also got people who have lost jobs because of their porn struggle, whether they were caught in the act or their pr productivity was reduced because of their compulsive porn use. You've also got people who have lost relationships and have had to pay for a divorce and pay alimony and pay child support and live separately from their spouse because of the engagement in this coping behavior. And again, compassion, compassion, compassion on those who have struggled in this way. We're not shaming you. We're just merely pointing out that this is the pain of the of the circumstances that you have coped with, and, and we've been there, and there is a true cost to this that kind of gets dismissed and and diminished in the shame itself. Um, another big piece, Scott, that I think is really really important is that we lose creative energy in our porn pursuits. So maybe. Factually, it was 11,000 hours over those years at $30 an hour. But what things did you not begin to endeavor in? What, what opportunities did you not seek out? Because the energy that you would have used toward crea creating something, towards making, towards building, was sapped away in your masturbatory uh, activities. Yeah. So what if it was five times that amount? Yeah, that's a million and a half dollars. Of additional creativity, of additional <laughs> yeah. income. Who knows? I'll never know. And you know what I have to do about that? I have to grieve it because it's gone. Absolutely. That yeah. time is not coming back. It was time that didn't really produce anything for me. It just kept me stuck dealing with the trauma and the dysregulation in my life. And it was a temporary fix. And it and 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 the fix that that wasn't really solving my problem either. So it was just whitewash. And so there's some sadness about that. Um, I think about 
one of the big costs for those of us that, you know, are from a religious perspective is what does it do to my sense of my belovedness and my relationship with God? I don't think God's, you know, withdrawing from us. I think we end up withdrawing from God because we feel like we're worthless. We feel disgusting in his sight. And so there's a loss of a closeness in building that relationship with God, or maybe you shift to being more intellectual in it. And so you, you have a hard time feeling God actually loves you. That's a big cause. Well, let's, let's put that into real tangible terms, Scott, because I think it's really easy to get caught up in the theological debate around, well, is God turning his face for me when I'm masturbating? Is he, is he, is he angry with me because I've sinned? What you just described, I think is most accurately put like this. I am running away from the place where God is, where he is loving me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm removing myself from that experience in my own shame and in my coping behavior. And again, compassion on that, because we learned that in a very desperate place where we didn't know what to do. And it was the easiest thing that we could, I know a ton of guys who at the same time they were awakening to God and having spiritual experiences, they were also diving deep into compulsive sexual behavior. I mean, that's my story. The richest time of spiritual development for me was college, and the richest time of sexual um, degradation for me was college. So how is it that in the pursuit of the truth and connection, I'm the one who both simultaneously longs to be present and loved by God and others, but yet I'm running away? Uh, And so it's that relational cost. And guys, I, I can't stress this enough. Porn absolutely disintegrates the ability to connect because you cannot show up as a loving or lovable person in the midst of your shame. And it does it at multiple levels. It disintegrates my ability to connect deeply and intimately with God, to connect deeply and intimately with my wife, with my children, with my friends, and even within my own mind, I become disintegrated. So that's a lot of cost when you start yes. adding up the relational toll. Forget about the economic mm. toll, just the cost that it's having on my, and it's one of the ways it disintegrates me is I cannot enjoy sex with my wife in a connected, intimate, playful free way because I'm bringing all of the images that I've just been watching and cultivating my arousal template around into the bedroom with her when I'm having sex with her. I have a hard time being present. I have a hard time achieving an orgasm unless I'm fantasizing. That's a big cost, my sexuality, because I'm not there. And she knows it. She knows when I've checked out. It numbs out our feelings, it numbs out our bodies, it numbs out our desires, it numbs out our hearts, and there's so much of our, it even takes our brains very much offline. We get stuck in a in a lower level of operating in the limbic system of our, our lizard brains, and so it, it prevents us from truly being present, and I can, I can say universally with guys that I've worked with, when they go through the process of recovery, they, they comment things like this. I have so many more feelings now. Yeah, they're, they're intense, 
they're they're good and bad feelings, but they're the feelings that were numbed out for decades. I see more clearly the things that I want, and with the right um, uh, opportunities and the right focus, uh, they can begin to pursue those. And I want to come back to something that you said a little bit ago, Scott, which is, you know, we we think we've wasted all these years. What voice is that to say I've wasted all these years? I think there's some shame in there. Yes, it is the same voice that led us into the darkness of brokenness that will keep us there. If we don't say to that voice, today is the day where something new can happen. And I'm going to learn all these. That's the- I'm, going to, I'm going to use all this time that I spent doing this to grow and to learn from yeah. it and to be curious yeah. about it. Because if I never yeah. change that posture towards myself, I'm never going to change. So the real threat, though, Scott, is when the invitation of change is offered, how am I, and and sadly, I've had many conversations with guys about this as well, how am I going to surrender back into my own pain and brokenness? And like you said, there's plenty of things about my coping behaviors that, that I like. And I'm just going to stay there. I see the way out. It's, it's almost like uh, sitting in the presence of something beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big lover of um, uh, chocolate chip uh, cookie cakes. I love chocolate chip cookie cakes. Just love them. And for me, recovery would, would have been like sitting in the presence of a chocolate chip cookie cake and choosing not to reach out and take hold of it. And I have to sit there and look and realize that all this time has gone by. It's the present that really is painful, not the past. I can't do anything about the past. But the present where I stay numbed out, I stay uh, in a place of longing but not acting that really is costing me because it's taking my identity and eroding it in the present moment. And so if, if you're a listener and you're hearing this, I would just say inaction is the real poison of the cost of your porn struggle. Well, I think part of the challenge that you're just bringing up, though, is how do I do that practically? Like, what do I do to imagine a different future for me that I have never seen before? How do I imagine the invisible? And my answer would be, you can't do it by yourself. You have to no. do it in a community that can invite you to be seen with, with all those parts of you that you find to be repulsive and disgusting. And you have to have an experience where you can learn to hope again. Because, right, a lot of what goes on in our inner life is I am using my past experiences of pain, primarily, to make predictions about what's going on now in anticipation of the future. And there's a part of suffering, like, let's be honest with it. We suffer and we Mm. hate suffering because it's painful. And there's a part of our brain that confuses current and past suffering with the idea that it's going to be ongoing. I'm never going to be free from this. And I can't get out of that loop on my own. I have to be in a place 
where I can have a different experience with people than I had in my home growing up because that's what it was like. I didn't have hope. I couldn't imagine. And a lot of a lot of thinking about hope is it's imagination. Can you imagine a different future than the one you have? And how is that formed in us? It's by having this continual process of engaging with others who invite us to be seen in those very bad places and what that experience of being seen in that is like, and then practicing remembering that goodness that was given to us and that we're still seen, we're still safe, we're still secure. That's what enables me to change is that continual interaction with others that gives me a completely different experience than the one I had growing up so that I can imagine, so that I can hope. And so that may seem very, um, very ethereal, but it's actually very embodied. I have to do this with others. Yeah. And the pathway to that level of connection is, is very simple, Scott. And I'll, I'll say it in my own life. It's, it's the pathway of risk. I had to, um, in my own story, sign up for a retreat that I couldn't afford so that in the worst moment of my addictive life, there was a place where I could go and confess my brokenness to a, a circle full of men. I, I didn't have the money for this trip, but I know, I, I don't even know how I know I needed it, but I knew I needed it. And I signed up for it and it was in Canada. So I wanted to go to Canada. So that was part of the care of it, right? I want to go to Banff. But there's no way I could have predicted that I needed this at the time when I needed it. But I had to take a risk. And um, there's some of guys that are listening that are very risk averse because they've been wounded and hurt. And they think if I take a risk, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be hurt again. I would rather stay in the woundedness that I know than risk some other new kind of potential woundedness. And I have compassion for you. But the, the sad thing is there is no growth without risk. It's it's called the leap of faith, and um, many people have referred to it. It's been in the Indiana Jones and the Temple. I mean, I mean Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade movie. Um, that uh, Indiana Jones rescues his father by leaping from a cliff and metaphorically landing on this invisible bridge. But there's this idea that in order to grow, we have to do things that we're not comfortable with, and maybe it's just simply having a conversation with someone to say help. I don't know. Um, and maybe you've done that and it did go well. Are you going to have another conversation? Are you going to reach out and seek support from a group of people who can love you and help you feel seen, soothed, safe, and secure? And without that risk, Scott, the cost of this struggle will continue. It will. It's, it's, the only guaranteed return that we can offer you in this conversation is if you do nothing, you will continue to pay. That's the only thing we can guarantee you. There is no path to a meaningful life that doesn't involve pain and a cost. Yes. So. So we ask you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we ask you and invite you to invest in yourself. That's the cost we want to invite you to, um, whatever that looks like. And if, if we can be uh, helpful to you to invest in yourself, we have opportunities uh, so that you can begin to do the work in the group context, uh, telling your story, healing your past wounds, understanding why you want to um, medicate your, your soul 
with the things that you want to medicate your soul with. We, we want you to spend as much money as you need to, as much time as you need to, as much energy as you need to, loving you. And if you're from a religious background and that offends you, just look at the great commandment. It's three parts. Love your God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Investing in yourself is a commandment for life and health and growth. So we just want you to take care of you. Because the sad part about this is, and, and we don't have a chance to process this here, but there's other places, no one's coming to rescue me. Man, I was looking for that, You Scott. are the man you're looking for. You are your That's hero. Right. I was looking for God. I was looking for some, some my dad. I was looking for some other older dude to come and swoop in and, and show me the way forward. Guess what? You're walking the path of rescue in your own body. And it feels weak and sad sometimes, but it's what's been given to you to grow. And so we want to invite you into that. And um, we're here. Uh, you can always reach out to us. Uh, I love talking with guys who are curious about what's next for them. And I make time in my week for it. If you want help and you need and you realize you can't do this by yourself, which you can't, we're here to help you guys find a way. We're here to help you kind of examine what you're doing and come up with a path and walk with you in it, but you've got to take the first yeah. step. So reach out, connect with us and join us here next time on we got balls. And so do you take care. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at pornfreemasculinity.com and with Scott at successfulmen.com.